You are now listening to the ACMS podcast. Welcome to the ACMS podcast. My name is Logan Browning, and we are excited to reconnect with Austin Butler, a 2019 construction management graduate. He was able to intern with both Steed Construction in Boise, Idaho, and Johnson Carlier in Tempe, Arizona. After graduation, Austin continued to work for Johnson Carlier as an estimator, which is a company owned by Big D Construction. Austin, welcome back. It's been a short time, but thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. How's, how's life post-graduation? Life post-graduation is really good. You guys have a bright future ahead of you. It's nice to not have any homework, but to still get to do the things that you like to do. So it's been great. That's- that's good. And, and you're a recent graduate, so you'll be able to remember, hopefully, the things that were able that you were able to do at BYU-Idaho. And I want to talk about that, the, the things you were able to do at school and ACMS and the different competitions you took part of. So give us a little insight of what that was like going to BYU-Idaho and the things you experienced. Yes. Yeah, so I started at BYU-Idaho in 2016 in the fall semester. Wasn't too happy to go to BYU-Idaho, but that, that changes. BYU-Idaho is a great university. I wish I would have taken more advantage of it when I was first there. I found the construction management program maybe a year later. Um, didn't participate in, I mean, I was a member of ACMS, but I wish I would have done the competition teams earlier. I had the opportunity to do ASC one time in the winter before I left, so February of 2019. Um, which was a blast. It was super fun. I wish I would have done it previous to that. And probably NAHB would have been good for me too. I look back with very fond memory to that experience. But other than that, it was just, I mean, it's very easy in our program and that program to network and to make friends that people I still keep in contact with here in Arizona um, and all over the country. It's pretty unique and a fun thing to be a part of. What is your best advice for those currently in school to have the best time within the program or even school itself? That's a good question. I think the the thing that you got to do there is meet the people around you. Um, So whether that is going to socials or just being aware and being active of the kids in your class, trying to reach out and network within the program. I know that we hear about it a lot. I remember hearing about that a lot. Um, And it has really come in handy here for not only me, but people around me who I've met. Uh, Once you kind of get out of the the Rexburg bubble and you get out into the real world, it's nice to have allies and people you know you can trust because you worked with them in school or you developed that relationship in school. So that's just one of the the greatest things that I was able to take advantage of is get to know as many students as you can. Um, Even if you don't become best friends, you might rely on each other later down the road like you were best friends. And Austin, a lot of us have to do internships and you have a little bit of a different circumstance doing an internship after you technically graduated, but what was that experience like with Steed Construction and then continue to do one after you quote unquote graduated? Yeah, so Steed Construction was a good opportunity for me. I uh, kind of fell into that internship through a expedition with Brother Jensen to Boise. We met a lot of different companies and I just emailed the team over there at Steed and let them know what I was looking for. And they, they had remembered me from that experience just by luck, I imagine, but um, it ended up that I, they put me in their pre-construction department and I really liked it. I was part of a small group, but 
uh, we were able to turn a lot of work and get our hands on a lot of different things. And they really trusted me right from the, from the beginning with it responsibly. They really cut me loose on a lot of stuff, which really opened my eyes to what opportunities were there. Um, yeah, so I met my current supervisor at ASC. Becky Robinson, who many of you will know, is a head of talent acquisition at Big D Corporate. Um, and she and I had been talking and she got me connected with Tyler Wilson at ASC. After our competition that evening, we went out to dinner with Big D and I sat with Tyler for probably an hour just talking about what I, what goals and visions I had for myself. And it seemed to align pretty well with what Johnson Carlier was looking for. Um, so they ended up offering me a full-time job just about a month after ASC. So it was pretty early. Um, but I still knew I had one more internship to complete. So that was kind of a hurdle I had to get over at the end. It, I didn't necessarily want to go intern for someone else, but at the same time, it was going to be hard for us to move to Phoenix for a semester and then come back to BYU-Idaho for probably one last semester um, with all the logistics of housing and on both sides of the road. And so I ended up working very closely with Brother Sessions and with my supervisor and with Becky Robinson there was a lot of information that had to be presented from Big D, well, Johnson Carlier, just that they understood I was not technically graduated. I had one more credit to complete, which was my 14 semester or 14 week internship. So they had to write a letter to the university letting them know that they understood and that they were willing to take on that risk essentially and hire me on full time without me having a degree. Um, but it was great. I just explained to my boss that that wasn't going to hold me back from anything that I could work on that in theory, I was just as productive as I would have been had I done another internship elsewhere. So that was kind of how that whole scenario worked. I know that it, it was kind of a challenge, but it, it worked out with scholarships and housing and things like that. It worked out well for my family and I that we were able to kind of swing that with Johnson Carlier and find that opportunity early enough to make that happen. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to go back to your advice. What's your advice for those looking for an internship struggling or those that just need something to do to get them through school? Yeah, that's a good question. One of the things that I started doing early was just a fundamental business class. And I think his name is Steve Davis came in and spoke to that class about LinkedIn and establishing a strong LinkedIn presence. And I would all the time, from I would take what Brother Davis recommended to all students on that campus is just to be active and to reach out to people and ask if you can find out more about their company. Um, and I found that that was just very powerful. If you reach out as a, as a college student and send someone a message and say, hey, I'm a construction management student at BYU-Idaho, I'm interested in what you do. Is there a time that we could spend 15 minutes together on the phone? You can tell me more about what you do. People love talking about themselves and what they do and what they've accomplished and for good reason, right? They're proud of their work. And so I think that was something that I was implemented early because of Brother Davis's advice that really benefited me in the long run. I had a list of people who I felt fairly confident that I could reach out to and ask for advice. And when you get closer to graduation or you get ready for an internship, that translates into hey, I'm looking for an internship in this market, in Salt Lake City or in Rexburg or in Boise, Idaho or wherever. And it's either going to turn up that they have an opportunity maybe in-house or they know somebody. 
So it's all about developing the relationship before you need the job. It's a lot easier and a lot more organic if you can just reach out to these people and want to know more about them, not so much reach out to them because you're desperate to find an internship. So I would just say it's, it's never too early to get on LinkedIn. Even you should be connecting with professionals. You should be connecting with your classmates, with your professors. It's all just going to benefit you. One more thing I will add to that is your, your LinkedIn circle gets more valuable the further from school you get is what I'm finding. Now that the people I was connected to who maybe it was just a kid who sat next to me in the class and we connected, but we still saw each other every day. So that wasn't super valuable. Now we're seeing what each other, what, what we're doing in our own professions. And we're utilizing that today. I had a zoom call with an alumni who's working in a similar position with a different company in the Pacific Northwest. And we talked about a software that we're both learning at the same time. And we just bounced ideas off each other. Now that, relationship wouldn't have probably been there had we not been connected on LinkedIn. So connecting with people you see every day might seem trivial, but it will benefit you. As we're talking about what you do now for your job and, and where you work, give us some insight, some information of what you do. What, what does the day in a life of Austin Butler look like working for Johnson Carlier? It is great. So I work as an estimator. Our group is uh, six deep. We have one vice president. There's three senior estimators and then two estimators, myself and Kyle Merrill, who is also an alumni of the program. Right now, Johnson Carlier hard bids more jobs than it negotiates. Probably 75% of it's hard bid. So that's what we spend a lot of our time doing. You know, I've, I've loved where I work because they're very keen on the on playing the game on bid day which is a lot of fun for me i love bid day it's kind of like uh it's when all your prep and all your hard work really comes out um so i spend a lot of time obviously preparing for bids doing takeoff contacting subcontractors it's a big emphasis for our group to get out i we go out and see subcontractors two or three times a week just in their offices or uh, that's kind of changed a little bit because of coronavirus, but we still try to be very active with the subcontractor base, which is probably my, f my favorite part of my job. I like the networking. Those relationships help you on bid day when people say, I'm going to cut your number that I'm giving you 5%. That 5% over a $10 million you know, proposal really goes a long way to helping you win that project. Right now, we I mean, we're bidding all sorts of work. We're about to start on a surf park here in Mesa. We just bid on a hospital in Hobbs, New Mexico. We bid some government, federal government work here in the state of Arizona. Uh, we just turned in a CMAR uh, negotiated project for the LDS Church. Uh, I guess I should say for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Moses Lake, Washington. Uh, so we've got our project team up there ready to break ground. So that's one of the things I love about being an estimator is every project that comes through the doors, I get my hands on. Um, it might not be, we might build one in 10 of those, uh, but you still get to understand and see, and there's not really anything that comes through our doors that I don't get to play with and I don't get to touch and experience. But is it your company bidding for big D or is it big D itself bidding for that project? Yeah, that is a good question. So the background of this Big D Johnson Carly relationship is, uh, so Big D has kind of started when they want to move into a new uh, area. They just recently did this in Boise with McIlvain or in Idaho. 
rather than establishing an office, they will buy a company. So Big D had a small office here in Phoenix that wasn't doing a whole lot, just enough for them to stay busy and to do well in their small group. So they ended up buying Johnson Carlier. Uh, that Johnson Carlier is about to turn 100 years old in March. Um, so they find a company that's got a good reputation, has been doing it for a long time, and they just take them over. Um, so everything that we do is a Johnson Carlier project. We just operate as if we're a satellite Big D office, it's just with a different sign out on the yard, out on the building, and a different business card. Other than that, all of, we rely heavily on Big D Salt Lake for uh, some of our auxiliary, you know, resources like scheduling and VDC and um, some things like that. Um, but it also opens the door for Johnson Carlier, where it's mutually beneficial. Is now we have the backing of Big D Construction, so within. Overnight, essentially, Johnson Carlier gained the ability to bid and bond any project, essentially, in the, in the United States, which is, would have taken years uh, to have that happen the other way, just organically. Austin, we're grateful for everything you have shared with us so far. And as we come to the close of our podcast, we want to make sure we focus on the four cornerstones of the design and construction management department, which are to build others through Christ-like service, lead with integrity, design, construct, and connect with our communities and grow our knowledge continually. For you, having been very active in, the AC in ACMS and involved in the CM program, how do you continue to build others through Christ-like service where you work today? You know, it's very interesting. I've been in, in a unique position where we've built a temple um, in an office that's primarily full of non-members of the church um, that really opens the door because people know right away I'm a BYU-Idaho graduate. I'm very proud of BYU-Provo football and the rivalry between ASU. I'm very outspoken about that. So people know that I'm a BYU student and that that means I'm a member of the church. So it's just taking small opportunities and, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen if you want to share something about your belief or if you want to answer a question? People are only going to accept that. I think... Uh, it can be intimidating to try to share your beliefs with people who you know believe otherwise or who might be a little rougher on the edges. But at the end of the day, you just treat them like you'd like to be treated. How would Jesus Christ interact with these people? And uh, I mean, that's all you can do. I had a coworker for six months who just left the company as an intern. Um, and he was very Christian. He wasn't a member of our church, but he was a firm believer in Jesus Christ. And we had plenty of opportunities at lunch that we would just bounce doctrine off each other. What do you believe and what do I believe? So you just have to be aware of that opportunity. I just think, uh, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? No one's going to get mad at you if you're talking about the church at work. I mean, as, as long as you're being responsible about it and not shoving it down people's throat, but that's a part of who I am. I'm a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and that that spills into my professional life and what I like to do and what I talk about. And it's, you can't, you just can't hide who you are. You shouldn't feel that you need to be someone else when you're at work. And uh, I think people will respect you for that, respect you for being who you are. And if you're a Christian and a believer in Jesus Christ, or if you're not, you just got to be you. You got to own it. Thank you for listening to the ACMS podcast.